This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management. Welcome to your commercial-free, uninterrupted investment show. Sponsored by the SEC-registered investment firm, Wilsey Asset Management, a fiduciary firm owned and operated by President Brent Wilsey, who has been putting clients' investment needs first for over 40 years. The Smart Investing Show has been giving unbiased financial information for over 27 years on local radio stations right here in San Diego, providing you with fundamental analysis on stocks and investments you want to know about. Now, here are your hosts... Brent and Chase Wilsey. Good morning and welcome to Smart Investing Show. I am Brent Wilsey and thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, I've been doing the Smart Investing Show here on uh, local radio in San Diego for, gosh, 28 years. If you have investment questions or want a formal analysis of a stock you own or looking at buying, selling, or holding, please call in at 866 577 2473. That's 866-577-2473. And as always, and I get you through for your unbiased, no strings attached, formal opinion about what you want to talk about. Chase, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. I, I got to find my, there we go. Okay. Yeah. My, my headset was kind of like too low. Too, hear anything. Yeah, no, not, <laughs> too, too low, not too uh, loud. Okay. So, you, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to let the uh, cat out of the bag. Uh, some exciting news that's going to happen in... Two weeks from today, right? Two weeks from today. So what? What? You don't know what's going to happen in two weeks today? It, well, you go ahead and share. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, two weeks from today is when we're going to go to two hours. That is it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <I was like, laughs> it's all a blur to me. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, because I, I know we're kind of like keeping secret. I can't keep it a secret any longer because it's funny. 28 years ago, I did a two-hour show. It was very successful. And then it just, uh, they got crammed up and then went back to one hour show. And now 28 years, maybe 26 years later, uh, going back to two hours because we can't get all the callers in. I always feel bad leaving callers at the end of the show. So now we're going to be on air from 8 to 10 every Saturday uh, talking about what we talk about here for one hour, but more time to talk with more listeners and answer more questions for people and more financial information. Yeah, really looking forward to it. It's yeah. going to be a... a a little bit more to do on a Saturday morning, but we love doing it, so well, we'll be here. Yeah, I got to get up an hour earlier now on Saturdays, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I love doing the show. I've been doing it again for 28 years, and it's just still. I, I drive in today. I was so excited, just like wow, you know, I'm I'm getting to do the smart investing show again, and it just is so much fun to do. And just thinking about different things. Uh, let, let's talk about uh, some topics here uh, because there's a lot going on in the news. Uh, holiday shopping sales. Uh, let's talk about that, and it keeps coming out, keeps coming out. Uh, it doesn't appear COVID will slow down the holiday shoppers this year. The National Retail Federation expects sales during November and December this year to be between $755.3 billion and $766.7 billion. And Chase, I keep hearing people saying, oh, the economy is terrible and so forth. If the economy is that bad, how are we going to spend over $750 billion on uh Holiday Good. season, yeah. I mean yeah. that that's just in November and December. I mean that's just two months of spending. That that's pretty phenomenal. And I mean this is actually an increase of between three point six percent and five point two percent compared to last year. And last year we also saw a nice climb of four percent. So we're we're compounding on the sales as well because that's, right. that's the thing is the numbers get larger. Well now you're looking at growth continuing to climb here. And I, I mean it is fantastic. I, I mean it, it's been. A difficult year, an interesting year. 
Uh, but to to see these numbers coming out, it does show that the consumer they're still doing okay. Yeah, I, I mean. The thing is, we have talked about they haven't been able to spend as much on traveling and restaurants and, well, the restaurants can't take as many people with indoor dining clothes. But that's a whole different subject there. But the thing is, they have more money and it looks like they're not just not spending. They are shifting a little bit. They're spending habits to these goods, which, you know, I think is going to provide a nice holiday season here. And, and when I was thinking about uh, driving in, that the economy is kind of maybe change a little bit as well. Maybe we won't have as many restaurants around. I mean, nothing stays the same forever. Uh, maybe we won't travel as much, but you're still, you've got, uh, you know, a lot of people have very good jobs. Uh, the net worth of people is still very strong. Uh, $25 trillion in M1, M2 is, is what we have. A lot of cash on the sidelines. If the government, which I think they will, uh, probably after the first year, come out with another stimulus package. I'm hoping it's not too big because I don't think it has to be that big, but that's more money coming in. So you're always going to find that that small business owner that had that little restaurant that I'm, I'm sorry, it just he couldn't handle the, the, the storm, so to speak, but that money will go somewhere else. People will find another restaurant to go to. They'll find another small business to go to. So you can't focus on just that negative. You've got to look. And, and, and this is opposite of 2008, the Great Recession. There was not money around. This situation is different because there is plenty, plenty of liquidity. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, it's it's coming on through. Yesterday we did see uh, Black Friday. We saw the 2020 online shopping. It surged about 22% to a record $9 billion. I mean, of course, this was all online, so you're not going to see as much in-person shopping as we have seen in the past. But the crazy thing is, you look at the the uh, NRF, the National Retail Federation, their their estimates for spending. Online, they're saying they're estimating that we'll have between $202.5 billion and $218.4 billion online. Mm-hmm. That still means about 70% of that total will take place at your traditional brick and mortar. And, and that's what people don't realize. They think, oh, that's going away. It's going. I don't, I just don't, you, you don't get the same feeling going online shopping as you do going into the stores and you got the holiday season and stuff. I do not believe it's ever going to go away completely, but they will make it easier. Now, what they could do, like a Coles or somebody else, you go in there and they don't have it or whatever. I, th- I think in Kohl's they can actually do it right there, like an order online right from Kohl's directly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. But I don't know why you would do that since you're there Well, <laughs> if because, they don't have the inventory. Yeah, so they don't have yeah. the inventory. Like, oh, shoot. You know, okay, well. So businesses are finding a way to meet consumers' demand. It's not going to be like uh, the, the 50s and 60s or even in the 80s and 90s, but things evolve. And and that's why people get so concerned because they don't see things are evolving. They think they're stopping. They're not stopping. They're evolving to something else. And then if investing goes, you got to find what's going to do well and still not overpay for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean the thing too with traditional brick and mortar retail and the reason I don't believe things are going to go away is because there is that experience. I mean my, my girlfriend works and is a store manager at the Pigment is the name of the – the local small local business here. It's a right. great store. They do like plants. And they have like three or four locations. Yeah, they have three or four locations or three locations. Three locations. Uh, North Park, Point Loma, and then uh, one Paseo here in Del Mar. And she was telling me at one Paseo they they're gonna do like snow and create this nice experience for people. The, the mall is at one Paseo, and then you know at her store they do like plantings for people. So it, it's a little bit more hands on. You're creating a, a type of experience for the consumer where. You don't get that online. No. And, right. and I mean, I was talking to 
about my nieces and nephews. I, w- I want to take them to her store so we can go and, you know, walk around the mall with the snow. And it, it, it's just something you do at the holidays. You don't get that same type of pleasure when you're just scrolling through Amazon. Oh, wow, maybe there's a little Christmas tree ad on the right or something. That's <laughs> not, not the same. same. <laughs> yeah. no, not and, and that's why I don't think that you're ever going to see it completely dissolve. And you might take some money away from it and add it to online, but it's never going to go to zero in my opinion. Yeah, and maybe you're kind of like, oh, I, I fell behind. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And I, I want to go back to UTC because I remember last year they had snow falling and everything. It was like obviously soap or something I guess I use. But it, it gives you that thing, and that puts you in the mood to shop and spend and so forth. So, Some hot chocolate. Yeah, the hot chocolate, and you get those cold nights. Like tonight probably a cold night. Maybe I'll go there tonight. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it's just something that – the mall, the mall is open, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, restaurants are closed. But it, it just it gets you in that feeling. So, so again, people get so focused on a small thing, you've got to look at how things are evolving and changing. And I said this years ago because people say, oh, you know, Amazon came out, uh, retail, you know, brick and mortar is gone. I said, no, it's not going to be gone because they have to create an experience, which the good ones like Pigment and so forth are doing, to where you, people want to go there. They want to enjoy shopping. And also a little tip here, too. You will spend, I think, less money going out shopping than you will online because you can click really quick, and you're, uh, but you got to walk from store to store. You might spend a little bit less, so uh, so budgetary thing yeah. could be uh, uh, go shopping as opposed. And to, you get to burn some calories. It's just a win 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 win, win. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, <clears throat> all right. Well, let's talk about the uh, major uh, economic highlights that we had this past week. And you know, I'm, I I just realized too that Friday we get another jobs report. I know <laughs> <laughs> they just fly by so quick. <clears throat> Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> a lot of news came out. Uh, most of it looks pretty strong, but I, I want to share some uh, major highlights with you. Let's talk about these. Consumer spending continues to grow with a 0.5% gain in October. This topped the estimate of 0.4% marked the sixth consecutive month of gains. This is just good news. I mean, consumer confidence, they are spending going up. That's what we want to see. Uh, we also had durable good orders jumped 1.3%, easily topping the estimate of 0.5%. What, what, what we're seeing here, and I, I'm just going to throw out a number, 70% of the time, the economic news is coming out better than what they estimated to be. Yeah, and, <clears throat> and that's the thing that we were looking at, and you know, I was on Fox 5 last week, and I talked about three financial statistics to be, you know, grateful for. And I talked about, you know, the stock market at record highs. I talked about the job market coming back and right. it's not back completely. Don't don't mistake me here. It is not 100% <laughs> back to where we were, but it's coming back. And the thing is, nobody would have ever thought we were going to be at these levels. No. And <clears throat> that's why you're looking at these estimates and they keep having to move those estimates higher because they keep missing on the their estimation to the downside. So it's it's a very good thing that that we have the opportunity for an improving economy. Yeah, uh, and and also too, uh, unfilled orders uh, kind of continue on. Uh, have fallen seven of the last eight months. They still remain at one point zero seven trillion dollars, which means there's still plenty of manufacturing left to do. Um, also, do, let's talk about new home sales. You want to talk about new home sales? Another great one. Yeah, I mean, before that, I did just want to touch on the manufacturing. Is you know, people keep talking, oh, the jobs, the jobs, the jobs. Where are the jobs going to come from? I'll tell you what, 
Manufacturing. You're going you're gonna to need a lot of people to make $1 trillion worth of manufacturing goods and deliver those goods and so forth. So there are still opportunities to have job gains. And, and what I said last week on Fox 5 was, you know, we're, we're not going to see the 3 million job gains that we saw coming out of the pandemic. That's just not going to happen. Right. But you are going to see, I think, continued strength in the hundreds of thousands of, of job gains as we continue to move forward here and get back to a, a, a good labor market. Yep. And maybe I said, too, maybe we don't get to 3.5% unemployment. You have to remember that was a record low. It, was it a record low or a 50-year it low? It tied a record <clears throat> low, yeah. Tied, that's, that's right. So, yeah. So and, and, and I believe they say if you're in the fours, and w- w- I think the last one was, what, 6.9 was the unemployment rate? Yeah. Okay, so we'll see if it falls this time. I know the last two um, – Jobless claims kind of ticked up a little bit, so so we'll see what happens uh, next Friday. We'll we'll talk about that next Saturday, um, but it's not it's not bad at all. Six point nine percent unemployment rate. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm on the on the freeway, and I'm, I last Thursday night coming home from work at six o'clock, stuck in traffic. Like, what is this? I thought you know what's going on here. Yeah, I um, yeah. I mean, I I think it's it's going to continue to look good. And as I said, we don't have to get back to record breaking numbers. We can still have a good economy and not be at sub four percent unemployment. Right. So, but, do you you going to talk about the new home sales? I was going to talk about the new home sales. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just on a roll here. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> but but looking at new home sales, I mean, they, they were just. I, I mean, this has been another industry that has just been absolutely phenomenal. If you look at the number here, they came in at nine hundred ninety nine thousand new homes sold in the month of, I believe it was October. Now, uh-oh, here we go. They did yeah. fall 0.3% compared to last month. Oh, oh, sell everything. Get out of the market. <laughs> Terrible <Bad> news here. <laughs> but, but the thing that you have to look at is, I mean, I, I just can't believe these numbers here. They're 41.5% higher than what they were last year. You better repeat that because, again, that, that is just a phenomenal number. I mean, that, that's a huge jump over the previous year. And when you talk about compare the previous year, that would have been what? Uh, what was, was this month for? Um, October. October. So October 2019. October 2019, everything was fine. Yeah. Up yeah. 41% higher from October 2019. Incredible. I mean, it, it's just, it is incredible. And I, we've <laughs> talked about new home sales in the past just because they have continued to remain strong. And it, we do believe they're probably in a couple of years you might see a pullback because, I'm sorry, you can't do 41%. No. <laughs> <laughs> gains every single year. <laughs> but we think 2021 is, is still going to be good for, for home sales. I, I start to get a little foggy in 2022, 2023, but I'm not sure. I think we could see some strength maybe in 2022 as well. But I think you could also have a pullback then for in 2023. So, I mean, there there's going to be a, a slowdown at some point. I'm not saying, and people keep saying, oh, we're going to have the 2006 housing bubble and everything's going to crash and I, I still don't, see, don't that. see that happening, and you you might have some foreclosures, and people are going to really look at that and say, "Oh, people are foreclosing on their homes." And but the thing that we've talked about before is if people can't make their housing payments, what do they have this time that they didn't have before? Equity, equity, <laughs> great. You can sell it with money rather than getting it taken away from you, and you still owe two hundred thousand because you're underwater on it. And you had a tax situation as well because you had to pay taxes on that forgiven loan. <laughs> I mean, it's just a terrible situation. Two thousand eight, uh, what happened? We don't have that now. And also, too, Chase, I want to point out these are new home sales. That means these homes were built. That you had carpenters, plumbers, electricians, laborers, uh, people putting carpet in there. I mean, it, it just goes on and on. How great this is. Because there is a home shortage, 
which uh, and I remember reading this probably three, four, five years ago, saying that this is going to happen with a home shortage. Now, it's not going to last forever. Um, but again, we're in a good situation with that. So, yes, some small restaurants are closing. Yes, some people are losing their jobs. But on this side, and, and this has helped. You know what this has helped? I, I was reading uh, uh, the conference call for uh, General Motors last night. Their big truck sales are just booming. They oh, yeah. can't keep up with the demand because if you if you're a, a contractor, a construction worker, you hey, you're making good money now. I want to buy a new truck, so you go buy a new Chevy Silverado. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, Chevy Silverado, GMC had, Sierra. Right? Yeah, I got a Silverado. Silverado. Mine's yeah. not the new one though. I, I have 2017 Chevy yeah. Silverado. <laughs> you were smart though. <laughs> <laughs> but that that is a good point. I mean, and we've talked about this before on the show, but it, but it is just so important. Is you can talk to people. And the pessimists out there, they're never going to win in this. I don't want to say they're never going to win in the stock market because obviously we do have declines at times. Yeah. But they're never going to win long-term investing because it pays off to be an optimist in the long term. And people can always find things that are going to be wrong. <coughs> and, oh, definitely. I mean, you could have, again, what we had last year. It was hard to find things that were wrong, but there were still people out there saying, oh, my gosh, things are terrible. What are you talking about? They almost believe that we're going to live in some fairy tale where every single person in the entire world is a millionaire and they all are employed and have the best jobs that they want and they work 20 hours a week and it's fantastic. That is not real life. I'm sorry. (laughs) You have to look at the economic data that comes out. And again, there's going to be times, oh, they missed the estimate. Oh, we did have a contraction. But longer term, the economy improves. The stock market improves. The companies and businesses improve. Being a pessimist just doesn't work out. No, and it really doesn't. And, and again, you're right. The times, they'll, they'll look good. And the thing I want to caution people now, I'm starting to see this now, like, oh, we're up a lot. We should maybe sell now. No, this is why we look at the valuations and the fundamentals of a business that we're now getting back to normal. If you have good, fundamentally strong companies, don't think just because you're now up a lot this month that you need to sell because things are going to go back down. And they could, they could. But long term, they will not because we've got a very good building economy here with a lot of cash in it. That's the important part. Phone number is 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. As always, gets you through for that unbiased, no strings attached, formal opinion about what you want to talk about. Uh, Chase, while the calls are coming in, let's talk about uh, something I want to talk about, and that's Salesforce. Because th- this is something in the area I just talked about, don't sell what you have. But did you read about the Salesforce deal? Uh, I know they're they're looking at Slack, and I, I don't get it. But <laughs> well, and, and again, they're going to pay a high premium for it with their high price stock. I mean, I think Salesforce trades at a hundred times earnings, uh, so they're going to use that stock to to do that. The thing that I'm looking at though is that this is giving Microsoft a little bit of worries, yeah, because this could compete with Microsoft's programs. And this is why you don't overpay for companies. Now, again, Salesforce, yeah, they're buying Slack, but now they're going to compete with Microsoft. That may cause their earnings to decline because what they're going to have to do is compete. Well, Microsoft might say, okay, well, to compete, we're going to lower our prices. Well, now they got to lower their prices. So people have to look at don't get sucked into these high prices. And I, I worry for Microsoft, and I, th- I think the headline was what uh, uh, Microsoft is in the crosshairs of Salesforce. Microsoft, I don't want to say stole LinkedIn from them, but Salesforce wanted to get LinkedIn and Microsoft got it. So I think there's a little rivalry going on there. And and I've always said you get big egos in the way from the the 
executives and so forth, the shareholder loses because they'll do anything to beat. Yeah, and I, I think this is a net negative for both companies. Yeah. I, I think that Microsoft now gets more competition. Salesforce, and I haven't read the terms of the deal yet, but you you said that they're looking at an all-stock deal, right? Is that that, what that's what I – yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if it's an all-stock deal, I mean they're just diluting Salesforce shareholders' ownership like crazy. And and, and Slack is – I know some of the larger companies use Slack to, as like a messaging platform. I mean mm-hmm. I, I don't really see it as a, a fix for a lot of small businesses, especially a company that has five, six employees. Right. But, you know, maybe it has its role, but I just don't see how profitable it is and – to dilute the shareholders like that, the Salesforce shareholders, I, I'm just curious how it's going to pay off. And I think maybe over the next six months, people oh, get all excited about it. But once you start yeah. to integrate it and maybe there's not that synergy that they had anticipated, there there could be some serious problems. Yeah. And, and actually what you kind of look at is that the competition comes into play and, and, and they're trying to compete, which is what is great about our, our, our country is you can't compete, keep prices down and so forth. But as the investor, you don't want competition because competition means you can't raise your prices. Perhaps you have to lower your prices. That means, okay, well, now I'm paying much more for the earnings. The stocks could actually – I mean both these companies could hurt. And again, not going to be next week or next month, but I'm saying 12, 24 months down the road, if they really go into heavy competition, that's going to hurt their prices, which is going to hurt their earnings, which is going to hurt their valuations, which the stocks could both fall tremendously because they're way overpriced. And I don't know what Microsoft trades. I'm going to guess around 30. I think it's around 30 times 30 times earnings. earnings. But Salesforce, 100 times. And also, too, keep in mind, that's now in the Dow. So if that gets hit, the Dow could fall. And it'd be, oh, the stocks are doing terrible. No, look at what you're paying for something. That's why, you know, we say it's a, not a stock market, but a market of stocks. And I would not go to the sales force. Yeah. And I, I see we've got some calls in. And I got to yeah. apologize <laughs> to Brendan here. I, he loves when we bring up Tesla. So yes, I, Tesla. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't avoid it. <laughs> I, and we've talked about it so many times. And we, we, we normally have kind of slowed down on our conversations around it. But I just cannot believe they passed Berkshire Hathaway as the sixth largest company (laughs) with the least amount of profits. I was just, I I got that notification yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? I mean, not even are they the largest automaker in the world. They're the sixth largest company now. How does that make any sense? And this is how people get burned. Why is Tesla trading up right now? Because they haven't been put in the S&P 500 yet. They're going to be in the right. S&P 500. So people are trying to trade ahead of that, I guess. Does that materially change Tesla's business in any way? I'll answer that for you. No, no. it does not. <laughs> they're not going to sell more cars because they're in the S&P 500 now. And actually, if you read General Motors, their drive is to go electric. Mm-hmm. They are going to kick Tesla's butt. And they've got things already that... People don't even know about that. They have, you know, because one weight that <clears throat> I guess is very heavy on the, the batteries and so forth is wires. Well, General Motors has developed some wireless technology which reduces the weight and the size. I mean, they have billions of dollars to put in R&D. And, and I think two, three years from now, I, I think General Motors is going to put Tesla way, way behind. And Tesla, again, it's a great car. It's a beautiful car. But you're competing with General Motors that has – I think when I looked at it, I think they have $38 billion in the cash account. Well, I mean, the, the crazy thing is you, you look at Tesla. So let's say they have the Cybertruck now. What, they have four models of cars? The mm-hmm. Model S, the Model 3, the Model 
actually Model Y, <laughs> the Cybertruck. <laughs> and GM owns Buick. They own Chevy. They own GMC. And they have many, many different high-end type products there. Cadillac is another right. one. And it, that's just one car company that is now a fraction of the size of Tesla. And I, I don't I, – I think Tesla is still going to be – and, you know, years ago we predicted right. Tesla going bankrupt. I, I I don't think that's the case anymore. They were able to capitalize on, I think, a cult following in, in the stock market, which allowed them to raise capital that other companies didn't have the advantage of doing that with. Most of the time when you do a stock capital raise, your stock goes down. Now, Tesla goes up 10% somehow. So they had this cult following that I think enabled them to – bypass bankruptcy because they were able to raise capital at, at such a inexpensive cost to the company. And I think they've now kind of cemented themselves in the industry, but I just, they're not worth what they are. No, I no. mean, it, it's just <clears throat> absolutely crazy. Sorry to get off topic. I, I, I just We, we had hit that. on Tesla. And again, Tesla, I think you're right. I think Tesla will be around, but it's not going to be worth, I don't know what trades that does it. Uh, thousand times earnings, I don't know what to trade that. I mean, it's ri- ridiculous because they're not the only player there. And that was a case, you know, four or five years ago. But if you do some deep research in what General Motors is doing, they are just going to take over the, the, the EV market and also autonomous driving as well. They're, 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 they're way ahead a lot of stuff. And that's going to start coming out with that. All right. Phone numbers, 866-577-2473. That's 866 866- Five seven seven two four seven three. Let's go out to San Diego and speak with Ed. Ed, you're on the Smart Invest Show. Brent Chase, how can we help you? Yes, I've been listening to uh, you and your son. Uh, you guys are brilliant with fundamentals and uh, technology. I mean, I, I don't think anybody surpasses you. I think, though, there are some things that might be uh, overlooking the momentum stocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm referring to mRNA. It uh, world p- p- pandemic going on right now. This is a leading candidate for um, vaccine. Stock is trading uh, going up rapidly. Uh, I think 43 million shares traded on Friday and a half a day of trading. What's your opinion of this stock? I know uh, fundamentally it doesn't make sense, but meeting the needs of the world. It does make sense. Yeah, and Ed, you're so correct because, again, we, we do look at the value of businesses. We know that there's going to be momentum stocks out there like uh, the Moderna. Uh, I mean, gosh, we just talked about Tesla. Oh, I would have loved about Tesla back <laughs> you know, four or five years ago. But the thing is, you know, looking forward is a lot harder than looking in the rear. But uh, I, I know Moderna is having uh, the vaccine. Yeah, I was going to say, I know uh, you kind of asking more about the momentum side of it, but let's start with the fundamentals, and then we'll have a conversation yeah. around yeah. Moderna yeah. after that. So, all right, coming again is uh, Moderna Incorporated, symbols M-R-N-A. No P-E ratio. I'm kind of surprised in that. I thought they did have some drugs making money on, but no P-E ratio, which means no earnings. Price to sales, 203 versus 10 for the industry. Price to book value, 18.2. Not too bad compared to the industry, 11.5. And no price to cash flow, which is the same as the industry. They do not pay a dividend. And here's where things get exciting for this company. I mean, sales year over year up 202%, well above the industry at 13%. Unfortunately, earnings were down 0.7%, but the whole industry was down 73 Looking at the balance sheet, very good balance sheet. Got a current ratio of 2.4, uh, under the industry at 4.1, but I'm okay with that uh, current ratio. 
Debt to equity for Moderna is only 3.9 versus 49, so the company has a very strong balance sheet. Return on equity is a negative 29%, industry is a negative 19. Net profit margin, a negative 242 versus a negative 27. That's because they've probably been putting a lot of uh, costs and expenses into developing this uh, vaccine. Receivable turnover, 2.5 versus 4.8, and no inventory turnover. Chase, what do you got for the earnings? Yeah, so current price here for Moderna is $127.03, 52-week high, $130.06, and, wow, 52-week low, $17.68. So has surged off that level there. Now, if I go to December 2021, estimated earnings per share of $4.97 would give us a target sell price of $80.51. So you are correct here, Ed. We wouldn't like this company because the valuations are, are just not there for the business. And kind of speaking on the momentum side of it, yeah, we're going to miss momentum stocks. It's not what we do. But we have a, a great chart that we show people when they come into the office that shows you the worst three-year return for momentum and growth stocks. It was 55% decline after the tech bust. So we don't like to wrap ourselves up. And we're going to miss the Teslas. We're going to miss the Amazons, the Netflixes, all those companies but we're okay with it because we don't want that 55% potential decline. And, and that's kind of where Moderna falls is if, let's say, this vaccine, it works out great for them. But if they don't have enough drugs in the pipeline to kind of carry them through in a post-COVID world, why would they be trading at a market cap of $50 billion? It, it would just be very, very problematic. And, and Ed, the hardest part with momentum stocks is that what are they worth? Uh, are you buying them at a good time? Uh, and yes, they, they do have the vaccine coming out, which is going to be, what, four other drug companies with them as well. So maybe Moderna doesn't do as well as the other ones. I mean, who knows? But the thing is, you're not sure if you're buying it at a good price. And then when do you sell it? When is it fully valued? Because there's no metrics to say that this is a fully valued company. And this is where people get burnt because they write it up and then all the way down again. Or I've seen people where they sell it. Oh, I sold it too soon. Then they buy it back a higher price. And then when it goes down, it, there's just no way of knowing. So that's why I, 40 years ago I said I think the best way to invest is using value investing because it gives you something tangible that you can hold on to and look at when things go bad. Because things will go bad when you're investing in value stocks, momentum stocks. But the thing is I know that if a, if a stock is trading at 10 times earnings and it drops, I'm not worried about it because I have the earnings. But if I have a Moderna, that's – what do you say it was? A hundred and – 30 was the current price about. Yeah, about 130, and it drops to 110. Well, I don't know if that's fully valued or not, so I don't have anything to hold on to. So that's why, and again, I know people make money off of momentum investing. Obviously, a lot of people have done very well with that. But the thing is, when is the party over? That's where you don't know. So, all right? All right, uh, thank you. The only thing I was going to add, momentum can be made money if you get in quick and get out quick. And when it starts falling, you're out. Yeah. So that's my that's my only uh, adverse reaction to you. And uh, you're the experts. I'm the neophyte. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. But uh, if you get in and ride it up and get out before uh, on first sign that it's dropping, then you can protect your profits. People don't do that. But if they got out real quick and with a profit, then they would be happy. Anyway, thank you for your show. You got a great show. Thank you, Ed. We appreciate it. You have a good one. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, the only thing I, I know Ed was kind of getting ready to go there. The only thing I would say to that is, you know, when you're in a declining market, like I'm going to bring up the tech bus. When Cisco fell 20%, it's like, oh, 
Or what if you bought Cisco at the top? What if you did buy at the top? Even if you're in it for a short amount of time, now you start to kind of question, well, you didn't make any profits on it. Unfortunately, you were, I'm going to say the sucker that bought at the top. And then it starts to fall, and now you have a 20% drop in it. Well, I was going to get in and get out, but do I stay? It's it's really a form of gambling at that point. Mm -hmm. And if you're okay gambling with it like that, fine. But you just have to go in with that attitude. And I wouldn't take my retirement or you know a large amount of money and and I'm going to do air quotations here and play the stock market that way because that that's where it gets just really really dangerous. Yeah, and, and Ed's right. In theory, that makes sense. But when reality comes in, you have a whole different scenario because the emotions come into play, and all of a sudden you see like, oh, oh, the stock dropped. I be- I better get out now. And then you know a week later, oh, it goes back up. I mean, it gets really hard. In theory, things can work very well, but in practice, they don't work so well. And that's that's the hard part is that the emotions take over. And think about all the information you have coming in, you know, on, on the on the business news, and it just scares you. And then you have, as I said, nothing to hold on to it. So he's correct. If you play it right, you're good. But again, I come back to how do you know what the true value of that company is? Yeah, I mean, also, do you sell it after they? Win the uh, vaccine, let's say. Because yep. after they win it, everybody's going to be all excited about it. But then how long do you hold it? Because after that news passes, now there's nothing exciting to really carry to any. There's just there's a lot of questions. And it, I think you start to drive yourself crazy. I'm just driving myself crazy thinking about <laughs> it right now. I know. I get that. My head starts burning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, but, but that's what you have to kind of look at is what do you want to take on risk? And again, we manage money. Uh, I hate losing money. I I don't like losing money. Uh, obviously, we have companies that do go down in value, but I can understand why. Yeah. Uh, and and I was just thinking, I've not seen Zoom lately at all. Um, I know Zoom crossed five hundred. Uh, you know, did somebody buy it at five hundred? Of course they did. Uh, where's it at now? You know, so uh, things like that. You you got to be careful with momentum because it's it's ex- and also too exciting. Value can be kind of boring. It was very boring. Yeah. Well, except we make money. Yeah. <laughs> That's not boring. Yeah. <laughs> but but the momentum is more exciting because, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in this stock and I'm in this. And, oh, it's so exciting. And you bought a food company? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah but it's got chicken. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Phone number is 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Let's go out to Coronado and speak with John. John, you're in the Smart Vest Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hi, guys. Good morning. Yeah, Ed needs to look up the definition of gambling versus investing. <laughs> so, you know. But anyway, guys, looking at uh, Semper Energy. Okay, do you hold that or looking to buy it? Not hold it. You know, maybe looking to add to my position. I mean, I know they've done well over the years, and I, I, I've never been a big fan of, of theirs, and I, I just think they're kind of pricey. But I'm, I'm going to check the numbers again to see where I stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company, again, is Semper Energy, symbol SRE. Uh, P.E. ratio, 20.8, and that's very good because the energy is at 33. We do see price of sales, 3.4 versus 2.6. Price to book value, 1.8 versus 2.4. And price of cash looks good, 13.4 versus 19. Now, you get a 3.2% dividend. Not too bad. They use 58% of their earnings to pay that out. Their sales year over year are up 3.7%. Entry was down one6 However, earnings per share fell by 17% when the industry was up 149 So I would want to know why their earnings fell when their sales were actually up. Did they have some expenses? What, you know, what, what happened there? 
The balance sheet uh, got a current ratio of 0.8 versus 0.7. Uh, debt to equity, 109 versus 135, so that's okay. Return to equity is 10.3 versus 6.3. Net profit margin, 12 versus 7.8. And receivable turnover is 6.8 versus 7. Inventory turnover, very good, 21 versus 3.6. Chase, what do you got for earnings going forward? So current price here for Sempra, $133.64. 52-week high, $161.87. And 52-week low, $88. Now, if I go out to December 2021, I do see estimated earnings per share of $8.04. Unfortunately, it would give us a target sell price of $130.25. So it, it looks to be fairly valued. I wouldn't say it's a great valuation here. It's not super overly expensive by any means. It's just, it's fairly priced, I would say. Yeah, and I don't see the catalyst to really make it go much more. And you might get, uh, you know, some some growth from it. Uh, John, percentage-wise, your portfolio, how much does it make up? You know, it's it's 1%, 1% maybe. Okay, so very small. I, I, I wouldn't add to it. I mean, I, I, I just think there's better things out there. Uh, and actually, I'm not sure what the returns have been over the last two, three years in this stock because I think that it was somewhere around, I want to say, 120, two, three years ago, and no. I could be wrong on that. I, I don't know. You, you, have you held it that long, John? Yeah, I've held it for probably 12, 15 years. Okay, so you're a short-term investor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I, you know I, I, I've been in Tempra and Edison, and you know, they, they throw off decent dividends, and you know, I've had some appreciation on them also. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'd be kind of curious. I mean, what your 12 to 15-year return has been on that stock, um, my guess would be probably somewhere around maybe 10 12% might be a guess. But um, sure. but I, I don't think you're going to see that going forward is my concern. I, I think a lot of the stuff is kind of built into to, to their situation. So, all righty? All right. Sounds good. Okay, John, thanks for calling. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That does open up the phone line, 866 866- Five seven seven two four seven three. That's eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. I know we got a few questions here on um, the Facebook side. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, let's see, Vincent from Facebook. H I W. I don't know. Do you know who that yeah, is? Yeah. So I, I got a, a message from Vincent here. So he said, "Could you guys look at an office REIT called Highwoods Properties for me?" Ticker H I W. He found this REIT through a stock screener he performed last week, and it looked promising. I uh, would like to get our opinion on it. Okay, good. And we're kind of looking for an office REIT as well, so maybe this will be one that we like as well. So let's take a look at uh, Highwood Properties Incorporated, symbol HIW. Uh, good start. P.E. ratio 12.9 versus not material for the industry. Price of sales looks high, 5.4 versus 2.2. Price to book value 1.7 versus 1.5. And price of cash flow 7 versus 384. Now, it pays a nice dividend here of 4.9%. They only use 61% of their earnings to pay that out. I thought that would be higher because they're supposed to pay out, I believe, 90% of it. They could have sold some properties or something, too, that artificially raised their earnings. There you go. Okay. Uh, Sales year-over-year up 3.3%. Industry down 10.7%. Earnings per share up 152% when the industry was was uh, down 184 and I'm just this is as of 9:30 I'm kind of surprised on these numbers because of the fact that this is when people aren't going to the office any longer yeah. but maybe they're still collecting on the rent so very important which we won't have time to do today but very important to understand what these properties are and where they're located uh debt to equity looking very good 106 versus 283 
Return equity is 14.6 versus a negative 2.7. Net profit margin, yeah, I think you're right, Chase. I think they could have sold a property here or something because their profit margin is 44.7 versus negative 4.6. And uh, receivable turnover 2.8 versus 6.6. What's the... uh, and before I look at it, what was the debt to equity here? I, I kind of uh, the debt to equity was one hundred and six point five. It's not too bad. No, no, no. Looking uh, forward here, looking at the current price first, uh, it's thirty eight dollars eighty seven cents. Still off its fifty two week high of fifty two dollars seventy six cents, and the fifty two week low though twenty five dollars and ten cents. Now we got to December two thousand twenty one. Look at the funds from operations. Looking here, it's three dollars and sixty one cents. Gives a nice target sell price of $58.48. So I, I think there's an interesting one here, Vincent. The, the debt's not too high, which is very important to us when we're looking at the REITs. They have good funds from operation. Uh, seems to be well-managed. Just would want to know where they're located and find out, of course, more detail of what type of tenants that they have. Yeah, yeah. Cause, I mean, that's what this one looks like. Like, it has some potential. But things you want to be careful of is, uh, I know we looked at one last week, and I think they're all concentrated in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that could be dangerous because Manhattan could take two, three, four years to turn around. So what you want to have is a commercial property REIT that is diversified among, you know, maybe New York and Texas and California. I mean, so you have diversification across the country. And I will tell you. If Manhattan recovers, you're not going to do as well as those Manhattan REITs. So it's, it's, it's a lot bigger of a risk with that Manhattan right. one. And that's why, we, we again, we're not trying to hit home runs. I mean, no. I almost kind of equate us to, to Moneyball and, you know, uh, I think his name is Billy Bean. Yeah, the Bill manager. Bean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is we're, we're just trying to get on base. Because yeah. if you get on base, your your likelihood that you win is much higher. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's kind of our goal is we kind of look and make sure that the business is diversified across the country. So that you're you're not putting all your eggs into that one city, let's say. Yeah, and and, and you get a nice um, a, a nice yield uh, on it. And so if you get what was the yield? I, for some reason, Allison just kind of messed up on me here. I think, um, I think it was like four point six. I think it was or something. Let me see. Yeah, unfortunately now my Reuters is acting up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mine's been kind of like on and off. I I, I click on an internal error and okay, uh, four point nine it was. So so when I look at, I think you said the stock. So if the stock moves like just two dollars. And you get a five percent dividend. You know you're going to make a ten, maybe twelve percent return on it. Yeah, I'm going to give you a little secret. I'm adding it to my watch list right now to to do some more research on it. So. All right. Well, let's not tell the listeners that we're <laughs> looking at watching at that one because then they'll probably do the same thing. And uh, <laughs> you know, but but yeah, when we will do a lot more research oh, on yeah. it. Yeah, obviously. I All won't right. tell you the end result either. So no, no, we won't tell you <laughs> we when we buy that it for our clients. <laughs> yeah, our clients will say, "Oh, we bought it," but we won't tell you. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, phone number is eight six six five seven seven. Two four seven three. That's eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. Well, let's uh, go back to Facebook. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, let's see, Jason uh, from Facebook. Do you have a note from him? Yeah, he said uh, numbers have been a bit scary, but maybe a long term opportunity for Valero as a dividend investor. Do you believe oil, gas, and refinery companies will be okay long term? EVs are the talk of the town, but that is a few years away yet. These companies provide more than gas for cars, so thinking we should add more. I said, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Well, happy Thanksgiving, Jason. I uh, appreciate the, the comment there. Uh, let's look at the numbers of Valero. Uh, then we'll, we'll talk about it as always. Coming again is Valero Energy Corporation. Symbol is VLO. No PE ratio because they have no earnings over the last 12 months. We do see price to sales 0.3 versus 1.8. Price to book value 1.2 versus 1.3. And price to cash flow for Valero 
4.8 versus 4.5. Now you're currently getting a 6.9% dividend. Uh, there's no dividend payout ratio because they have no earnings, so they're actually borrowing this money now to pay the dividend. Uh, we have read on the company that they're actually uh, very committed to this dividend. Uh, we do see sales year over year are down 30%, industry down 24 Earnings per share fell by 100%. Uh, however, industry down 466 Looking at the balance sheet here, current ratio 1.9 versus 1.2. Debt equity 79 versus 85 Return to equity is a negative 0.1 versus a negative 38. They have a net profit margin of 0.7 versus a negative 63. And the receivable turnover, 12.1 versus 6.3. That's good. And inventory turnover, 12.8 versus 8.6. Chase, what do you got for the earnings? Yeah, so current price here for Valero is $56.62. Well off the 52-week high sale of $98.03. It also has climbed back from its 52-week low of $31.00. Now, if I look out to December 2021, I do see estimated earnings per share of $0.03. Cents. I'm going to do something a little bit different here. I'm going to actually look out to December 2022 because I, I do believe that this is one industry that is just going to recover so much quicker than yep. a lot of the other ones um, because they've just been decimated by the, the slowdown in travel and everything else. So I, I, I'm kind of going to give this one a little bit of a bypass here and look out to 2022 and they still have 14 analysts so I, i'm still confident with that number is still still a good amount of people following it because if you look out there now they're looking at making three dollars and 93 cents would give you a decent target sell price here of 63 dollars and 66 cents also we are pretty much almost in december here now we just right. finished thanksgiving so it's not like we're at the beginning of the year saying okay we're going to bypass it we are going to be coming up on that that movement out to that that target date here shortly. So I, I still like this company. I, I think there's uh, it's very well run. You get a nice dividend, clean balance sheet. I, I still like Valero. And, and also Valero, they, they spend a lot of money in research and development. They also have, I believe it's called biodiesel, which is a clean energy. So they have put a lot of money into that because people do want clean energy. So they're going to have both. They're not saying, oh, everybody's going to be using gas forever. Uh, I think it's going to be a long time before we're not using that. Yes, there's a push for the EV side, but um, they're making good money and they'll continue to make good money and they have other options that they work with. And I I, I'm, I just don't see an electric planes coming in yet. Um, I don't see I, I don't know ships. about you, but I'm not ready to fly on an electric <laughs> plane. That's going to take me probably 30 years before I'm ready for an electric plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because a car, like sometimes with a battery, like, oh, okay, just pull off to the side. But a plane, like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, so, um, and it will come. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a long time to come. And I think for the company of Valero's, and also, too, they, they do refining of, of diesel and many other things as well. So it, it's a good business. Um, and, and I think you, you got to be a little patient with it. I don't them. see us going to no fossil fuels within the next 30 years. I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, because, you know, I was saying about the other day, and, and uh, what's that new electric car, uh, Fisher? Well, oh, not, Fisker. Fisker, Fisker. And, and actually, I drove one, I think, I want to say like 10 years ago when they first came out. And it was, it was okay. It, was, it had a two-speed transmission, which I thought was kind of kind of funky. Um, but I, I, I was just talking to somebody else. Uh, gosh, I forget who it was. But... I just don't see me myself driving a electric car. I like the sound of the engine. I mean, that's what I grew up with. And I think there's a lot of other people out there like myself that we like the the engine. We like that that thing, and you know. So, so I, I think you're right. I think for it to be completely gone thirty years down the road. I mean, you got to talk about the asphalt. You got to talk about you know makeup, toys, 
chemicals. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many other things that, you know, that fossil fuels and, and oil and gasoline are a part of. And we can reduce the amount we use and kind of use alternatives and so forth. But to actually go to zero, I, just, I don't see how it happens without completely destroying our economy. Yeah, I, I and I don't think it will. And you hear our, our great Governor Newsom um, said, what was it, the, the uh, <laughs> Brendan's face, like, what? <laughs> uh was it by 2035, all electric cars? Was that the, the, the year? Yeah. 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 All new cars must be electric. Electric. Yeah. So, I, I, I just don't see that happening. So, yeah. I, I don't either. So, I, I, I think Valero, you're safe and, you know, just be careful. That's always what you pay for it. Very slow day on the phones here. I guess uh, people ate too much turkey this weekend. Or uh, did you get the travel numbers yet for. Um, no, I did not. Because no, I heard it was. 40% of what it was back before the pandemic started. So a lot of people have been traveling. Um, so I think a lot of people might be on vacation. But let me put the phone numbers here. So if you are here, like, oh, okay, yeah, I've been trying to get in the smart investing show and I can. 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. And those travel numbers, we'll probably get those, and my guess is probably Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll also do a post on it. So if you, you know, wonder what those are, uh, you can always follow us on, uh, Facebook at smart investing with Brent and Chase Wilsey. Um, also too on LinkedIn as well, but we do about a post or two a day yeah. uh, of important information for you. You look like you got something to say over there. No, I'm no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for our, our next comment here. So okay. <laughs> I, I don't really have much to say. <laughs> I'm letting you, you talk. <laughs> Did you have too much turkey on Thanksgiving as well? Uh, prime rib. Prime rib. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why I should have went to your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, too, I mean, I, I know we, we want to get to Karoshi uh, here on uh, Facebook, uh, another comment. But I was going to say today is Small Business Saturday. We kind of touched a little bit on small businesses earlier in the show. And, mm-hmm. you know. Don't always give all that money to Amazon, Walmart, and Target, you know, especially during these times. Really go out there and support those small businesses. And, you know, they, they've they've had a heck of a year yeah. getting through this. So uh, Small Business Saturday is important to get out there, and I know plenty of them are still open. Yeah, and, and it is very important because that does actually help your community. Because when you do buy something from Amazon, yeah, you probably get a great deal on it and so forth, but it does almost nothing for your community. But if you're buying like from, we'll say Pigment again, I I, I just like that name, Pigment. Yeah, pigment. <laughs> um, what you're getting is that they actually employ people here. They actually, you know, use, uh, they're renting from some some building. They're using utilities. I mean, I, it, it helps your local economy because if, if not, you, and you see some of these economies across the country where uh, some big manufacturer moved out and they just dwindle, yeah. you know. So that's why you want to support small businesses because they do keep your local community going so all right oh wow we also we got a bunch of calls here should we go to the calls you want to well no I, I just said we'd look at oh, okay, comment. Oh, that's right we yeah. did okay so Karosh, uh so do you want to read the comment yeah yeah so yeah. Karosh said uh what do you think of the stock uh h-i-m-x uh, the earnings have been revised up every month and the company seems to be doing very well okay so let's take a look at uh Hymex technologies incorporated symbol as h-i-m-x uh, not a great start here. PE ratio is 43.9 versus 34.6. Price to sales, 1.5. That's very good because the industry is at 5.9. Price to tangible book value, 2.9 versus 26.9. And price to cash flow is a 33.6 versus 19. So kind of back and forth here on the valuation ratios. 
Now, we, we do see that the uh, sales were up 14.3%, uh, better in the industry, up 46 Earnings per share climbed by 203 Industry was down 26 Balance sheet looks very good, 2.0 versus 2.2 on the current ratio. Debt to equity, 37 versus 71. That's a big positive there. Return on equity is 3.2, not very good. Industry comes in at 13.8. Net profit margin, 1.6. That's not very good. The industry is at 14.4. And then receivable turnover, 4.2 versus 7. And inventory turnover, 4.2 versus 4.7. Chase, what about the earnings? Yeah, so current price here for Hymax Technologies, $6.91. Right now, it's 52-week high of $7. And wow, 52-week low, $1.73. Oh, wow. So this has really increased substantially. Now, if I look out to December 2021, I do see estimated earnings per share of $0.37. Would give us a target sell price of $5.99, so still below that current price, unfortunately. Uh, This does appear to be more of a momentum stock. It it looks like maybe you could have bought it earlier this year and it it had some value, but but now just with that substantial climb, it's... It's, it's, again, kind of more of momentum than, than value at this point. Yeah, and, and sometimes you hate that it happens. Like, oh, if I would have saw this like six months ago, it would have been a great buy. So if you missed it, don't try to buy it now. It doesn't mean it won't go up. But, it, again, if you missed it, you missed it. Try to find something else and, and buy it now. So, all right, uh, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to uh, Highway 15 and speak with Jim. Jim, you're on the Smart Investor, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Oh, good morning, gentlemen. First of all, hooray on your two-hour show uh enhancement thank you but, uh, i like that very much that brings up my only complaint which is the second one is you're going to have to get more uh current as to posting your podcasts uh as i i already get interrupted enough in the middle of your one hour show it's going to be crazy in the middle of a two-hour show <laughs> uh, you yep. know so uh please i just noticed it, it takes sometimes eight or nine days to post a podcast so it appreciate it if you do that a little sooner. Let's talk about RGA. You talked about them oh, a month or two ago, and you like them, and I'm just uh, just looking for an update. Okay. Uh, let's say, take a look at the Reinsurance Group of America. Their symbol is RGA. Uh, P.E. ratio, 15.2. That is slightly higher than the industry at 10.5. Price of sales, 0.6 versus 0.8. That's good. Price of tangible book value, 0.62 versus 0.7. You're paying 62 cents on the dollar the tangible assets. I like seeing something like that. Price of cash flow, 14.4. That's well above the industry at 3.7. Now, you do get a dividend of 2.3%. They use 34% of their earnings to pay that out. Sales year over year are up 3.2%. Industry down 4.4%. So that's a positive. However, earnings fell by 32% when the industry's down 16%. So you don't want to find out why did earnings fall by 32% year over year. Uh, it is an insurance company, so a little bit different balance sheet. Uh, debt to equity is 30 versus 27.6. Return on equity, not very good, 4.2 versus 6.6. Net profit margin checks in at 3.6 versus 7.5. And no receivable or inventory turnover. Chase, what about the earnings? Yeah, so current price here for Reinsurance Group of America, Inc., $120.22. 52-week high, $167.74. Wow, that 52-week low is $55.39, so definitely had a great opportunity earlier this year. Now, if I look out to December 2021, I do see estimated earnings per share of $12.23. Would give us a nice target sell price of $198.13. So uh, valuation looks pretty good on it here, Jim. And, and Jim, did you say you bought it a couple months ago or just kind of following up on it? 
Uh, I took an option position on it, uh, actually a leap in it, uh, like, like January of two years out. Okay, okay, so you, you made money on that, I presume? I, I have, and I've just, uh, you know, I'm looking to see whether I want to let it ride or, uh, you know, just... Uh, trying to make some money. Yeah, well, that, that's that's what the whole game of bottom investing is, trying to make some money there. So I, I, I think uh, holding on to the leap at this point in time would make sense because it appears that the stock will continue to rise. Yeah, and I was going to say on the podcast thing, Jim, uh, send me an email. I know you have my email address, uh, send me emails before, on uh, where you listen to it because I, I do want to have our, our marketing person get in touch because we, we have it on a, a bunch of different places as well. So I want to make sure we get that taken care of for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's this website you may have heard of. It's called Smart Investing 2000. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, we will, we will check on that. Yeah. All right, thanks. And, uh, yeah, I would send you an email. You're very good about responding to them, Chase, and I appreciate that very much as well. Of course. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay, Jim, thanks for calling. Have a great day. Thank Thank you you very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm glad to hear about the, the two hours that people like the two hours, obviously. And I know they liked it before, and I was cut from two hours to an hour before people were disappointed. So it only took me, what? 20 years to get back to the two hours, but, you know, so, uh, but the podcast is kind of funny because we are all over the place and it's, and we, and I know you will look into why on our own website, uh, smartinvesting2000.com, uh, there's an issue with that. Yeah. I know we're on, gosh, just a bunch of different apps and, oh, uh, you know, I, I, so I, I just got to check with the marketing, uh, Rochelle and, and make sure that. You know, we're, we're getting it up to date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I know that the, the podcast, a lot of people like to listen to those afterwards as well, uh, which is something that they uh, tend to do. So, um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of great things. And again, when we do the two-hour show, and I think we're going to have, we're going to split it into two podcasts that we agreed on. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> Got you I, on there. I'm not so. sure. I, <laughs> think so. I, I think that's what we said because I don't. I think we said no one would want to listen to a full two-hour podcast. Yeah, I thought we we talked about splitting that up. So uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, we'll try to ring the bell. Yeah, that rings the bell. <laughs> Speaking of ringing the bell, I bet you the closing bell is going to ring in one minute. You just said one minute, one minute ago. <laughs> so I, he gave me the two minute sign, which I always think is the same piece. Yeah. And they put one finger up like a minute ago. And I, okay, so I thought I, so now, now I got to babble here for 30 seconds because now, now he's saying three minutes? What? Wow, <laughs> Brendan, what 30 seconds. <laughs> what? <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking forward to it. And unfortunately, the two hour show is not next week. So don't yes. tune in at eight. It is December 12th, is when you can start listening at 8 a.m. And, and we'll be sure if you follow us on social media to, kind of post that, keep you updated, and, you know, kind of helps some of those early risers that only can catch maybe some of our show, and now they can maybe catch more of it. So we're, we're looking forward to it, and um, it's going to be a great Saturday tradition that we're starting here yeah, every I think, week. I, don't know, I, I felt bad now. I mean, Eric uh, from San Diego, we, we couldn't go to Eric because we were running out of time. Now, you know, this was the 12th. We could have went on longer. Anyways. There is a closing bell. Thank you for listening to the Smart Investing Show. It is for information purposes only and should not be used as investment advice. If you'd like to discuss in more detail your investment needs, have other investment questions, feel free to call myself Brent Wilsey or Chase Wilsey at 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. And visit our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And for more daily educational information along with investment tips, Go to our Facebook page, Smart Investing with Brent Chase Wilsey. Today's show is sponsored in part by Thomson Reuters Refinitiv. Closing song, My Way, performed by local entertainer Roman Palacios. Have a great day. We'll talk more next week right here on the Smart Investing Show. And may I say.
not in a shop. This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management.